Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Kate, the brand new film that has come out on Netflix this month. I finally just got around to sitting down and checking it out. I really kind of liked what I saw from the trailer. I thought, you know what, let's give this a bit of a whirl. Um, that's what we're going to be talking about right now on Joe Blogs About Films, episode 22. Really do appreciate you checking this episode out as well as any if you have already. Uh, the the podcast is available on google podcasts apple spotify podcasts the job lot don't forget as well to keep up to date with the socials as well just search joe blogs films into twitter joe blogs about films into facebook you can find the pages there and give it a like or a follow it would be greatly greatly appreciated but straight into it then kate is a film that i saw the trailer for and i thought eh, it could be all right it looks very kind of like atomic blonde uh, mixed with john wick um i think with any assassin film they're always going to kind of go they're the go-tos in comparison now really uh, and i really did enjoy mary elizabeth winster's portrayal as kate um we'll just dive into obviously what the what kind of a plot summary as best as i possibly can um Kate is a female assassin. She's only got 24 hours to get vengeance on a murderer before she dies. Essentially, she's been poisoned. Um, she is a very well-trained assassin. She obviously takes out some a particular a particular target. There's a kid present, and it kind of just rolls from there, really. It kind of just goes from there. You can kind of guess really where this film goes in that sense. Um, some really great supporting cast. Say Woody Harrelson's in this as Varric. Uh, he's kind of like Kate's mentor father figure if you will uh, and also uh, Miku Patricia Martino who plays Annie this is the young child that you will uh, yeah learn more about as the film goes on and again really really great seeing the dynamics between all of these characters that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Kate kind of interacts with it's all set in Japan and there again is great great scenery some great setups and some fantastic visuals for this film I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well over this over this uh, podcast episode would you believe uh, but yeah so when I saw like reviews for it there's kind of been a little bit hit and miss in the sense I think some some reviews either really enjoyed it or kind of said you know does its job if you will uh, some people didn't really like it at all which I find quite strange because I think this is one of those assassin films that Yes, there are some oh-so-familiar themes or so-familiar, um, I don't know, plot points, if you will, that you'll have seen and heard you know, many times in previous films already. But there's something new about this as well that I quite enjoy. This. It almost feels like you know, the writers and the director uh, of this film really want to kind of play on that familiar sense but also bring in some new... Something new with the Assassin films, because at times, if you've seen one Assassin film, you've seen them all, haven't you? It's directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan and written by Umar Alim. Umar, Umar Alim actually, uh, in fact, wrote the film Extraction, uh, which came out in 2015. And uh, yeah, I've got to say that the, the the story itself is absolutely fine. I don't think there's really much I can say other than it is a little bit predictable at times. Um, I don't really know. That's really all I can really say. Um, the director of this uh, actually directed the hunt, the the Huntsman, which is the the kind of spin off or sequel to that Snow White and the Huntsman, because I believe he was the visual effects for the original Snow White and the Huntsman. Which I'm not even. I don't want the less I can talk about that film, the better. If I'm being honest. Um, but sorry, sidetracking a little bit there. I must say that I did find some of the visuals in this very very pleasing. I'm one. Big sucker when it comes to like anything neon, anything, you know, just creative in that sense. So really thought that it was, yeah, pleasing on the eye, if you will, at times. It's just a shame that the story kind of, as I mentioned, it's a little bit predictable towards the end of the film. But they do try and make things different. Um, some some excellent, excellent sequences. In particular, if you're a fan of car chase sequences, there's some really, really good ones in this. Or rather, there's one in particular at the start of the film which I was just like, this is great. If they could have made it last a little bit longer, I really would have probably enjoyed it. I, I don't know, like it would have been 
it's still one of my favourite scenes, but I wish it would have lasted longer. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, the use of what they do with the camera as well, like this, the, the car flips in a sense. Of, there's a, you know, there's a crash and it flips, and the camera flips with it. So you essentially, you're not in the car, so it's not like from that point of view, but you follow the car as it flips. And I thought that was really cool. And this is the one thing that I thought that was really good about the cinematography for this is that they did some really, really excellent like shots, um, especially you know whenever. You know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Kate is just kicking serious arse and shooting and absolute creating carnage because this is basically an hour and 45 of just carnage at times. Like, it really is. There's, there's Obviously, there's those moments, those nice kind of st slow and steady, you know, story-building moments and the, the the relationship, you know, you learn more between Mary Elizabeth's Kate and Woody Harrelson's Varick. Um, I'll talk about Woody Harrelson in a second, but I just want to talk about some of the shots in this film because, like I say, there's some very, very good um, and different ones, I think. It's not it's something that at times I've not seen, or at least I, I found quite creative when watching I was like, oh, that's, that's a nice take. I enjoyed that. I think that that was a very good move. In particular, sometimes she'd take a shot. I think there's a there's a shot, there's a scene where she shoots through like a, a wall, if you will, to attack, obviously, to, to take someone out, and the camera kind of zooms straight back in through the... Um, through the gunshot hole in the wall. And it's stuff like that. It's some of the little things, but I think sometimes it's nice to have these kind of new and creative ways of making these kind of films more enjoyable. Because like I said, there are plot points and you can kind of see where this is going because essentially, I'm not going to go over the full plot because I, I don't want to ruin it for people because like I say, it is available on Netflix now. Um, but you kind of get the sense of where this is going to go, especially when... Kate does this assassination at the start of the film, which is basically the start of why, where, why, what happens to her. Happens to her. She just takes she takes out a, a target. There is a kid present. Obviously, you can put two and two with that and assume that the kid there is going to be Miko Patricia Martino, and it is, uh, which obviously more of that comes into it later. But then she doesn't want to do this job anymore. She wants to kind of get out of it, have her own life, have a family. It's really lovely in a way that she does get to, you know, in a way have that kind of dynamic with a child because, you know, that's what she wants. She wants to just get out of this business. And again, we've seen that before in assassin films where they just want to just move on from it. Um, and obviously, like, Woody Harrelson's her kind of mentor. So... I wouldn't say he's he's not in particular like he's he's like not happy nor mad about the fact that she wants to kind of you know leave and do this. It's just when it comes to that kind of dynamic, you kind of think mm, I, I, it's obvious, really. You know, even though it might be the person that she's assassinated, it might be relatives of 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 them that are after her, after Kate. There's got to be more to it, and there are layers to that. And I think that although they do try and do things new and different and fresh, there are still a little bit of safe. Like they play it safe a lot in this film, um, just because I think that they, I think there's only so much you probably can do with with this. But I think that Woody Harrelson was he was all right. Like as a kid growing up, I was never really fussed about Woody Harrelson as an actor. I think he's done some really good stuff though. As as I've got older, I've become more appreciative more appreciative of him as an actor. I think he's done some absolute standout standout stuff in his in his career. And I think this is just a film in a way. I wouldn't say because I've seen some critics saying it's a bit of like a um, you know a a paycheck for him in that sense. I don't, I don't think it is necessarily because I think that he is quite, you know, important for this plot, especially for Kate's character. Like I say, he's her mentor. He's her like father figure. If you, he's everything in a sense, she's had no one other than him her entire life. So it's kind of like, you know, you can kind of see, you know, his importance to that story and, and, and also like how she then becomes who, well, obviously why Kate becomes Kate in the sense as I mentioned, though, it's all set in Japan. There's some absolutely wonderful, wonderful sequences. And, and you know, there's there's the um, 
kind of a little bit of social commentary about the Western as well, kind of like coming over and trying to take upon other people's culture, this, that, and the other, and then just kind of, you know, forget about it as soon as they're not bothered about it anymore. And there is that that level there. And I must say that say, some of the actors in this were absolutely wonderful as well. Uh, Jun Kunimura as, Kij- as Kijima was very, very good as well. And also Tadanobu Asano, who plays Renji, which you will be familiar with this guy. Um, great actor as well. He plays uh, Hogan in the Thor films. I think he's in all three of the Thor films. Definitely the first one and the second one, anywho. But I am certain he's in all of them. Um, he's also in Battleship, which... <laughs> what we say about Battleship? The less said about that, the better once again. Um, but really, really good. There's, there's some very, very... Like I said, the, 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 the action sequences themselves are just wonderful like i've said there's some great use of camera work as well and just these like like i said it is pure carnage if you're into some if you're into like gore to an extent like for me i'm not the biggest gore fan i used to love i mean i can watch like films like saw and i've seen you know you know some pretty horrific gore films in 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 the past but i I wouldn't say that so sometimes i think that like less is more if you will um but when people go for it and they execute it really well Again, I'm all for that as well. You think of like films like John Wick and the way that they, or like the creative ways that he would take someone out. Kate really takes that to another level as well because there are some pretty, pretty genius ways of taking out a person in this film. And she really elaborates and creates on that very, very well. I think that some of the ways that she uh, really does take out people is is quite imaginative anyways. And I think that... Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of that, you'll you'll love this because there's some there's some really there's some grisly moments, put it that way. Um, but I didn't I didn't find it over overbearing. I didn't find it like oh there was no need for that. Too much violence. Da 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 da. I think it was uh, yeah the right level and uh, yeah really really good. Very I've, I've mentioned her already, but Mika Patricia Martino as Annie, the young girl in this. So you might have seen it from the trailers and the poster. Again, really good. The relationship between her and Kate is wonderful. I think there's a real great dynamic there, and you can sense almost that. If obviously Kate hadn't have been poisoned and obviously would have a lot longer than 24 hours left to live, you can see that they would have potentially been able to, you know, go off together and maybe Kate would have trained Annie and so forth because, you know, Annie's got balls, but, you know, I mean, she's really, really, she doesn't take any crap, really, really is a great little character there for this film as well. And I love that, like I said, the relationship between Kate and Annie. It's just, uh, yeah, there's just some, there's just a few things in this that you're a little bit like, ah, I've seen that before or... You know, I guess I don't mind it too much because, you know, I, I I don't mind it. I'm a fan of films, you know, kind of taking on or at least doing homages to other films as well. There's a lot of this in that and I don't think there's a lot of that in this even. And I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. I, I think that, like I've said on previous podcasts, it has to be a genuine, genuine carbon copy of a film for me to really not like something. If they're just kind of, I mean, you know, I, said, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying, oh, well, every every film copies another one, which... I mean, on some level, you could say that, but there's only so many ideas out there. But I do think that Kate, as an assassin film, there's quite a few. I think I'm going to do. I'll be doing another one shortly as well uh, in terms of assassin films. I'll be talking about another one soon on the podcast. But for me, this one isn't that bad. It's not the best. It's not the worst one. It certainly is one I would say to recommend if you've got a free Sunday or free any days off work coming up. That it's only an hour and forty-five. It's on Netflix. Why not? You know what I mean? I have a sit down and. Uh, and chill out with it. I say the cinematography, the use of color as well in this film is great. Uh, the sound, the the score and soundtrack is wonderful. There's a lot of J-pop in there. I was really, really enjoying some of the rock that's in this film. It's it really kind of like goes hand in hand. You know, the use if she's like driving away fast in the car or whatever. If, if there's music blaring, you know, it, it'll it'll be in the car with her. Then it might cut away, and you can hear it faintly, as if like you can obviously hear it as that's how she's hearing it from if you were at a distance kind of thing. Then it comes back in full force, but. 
I really did enjoy, say, some of the work that they did with this. There were some really, really excellent action sequences. The carnage, as I've mentioned in this, is just unreal. It's just absolute madness. Um, but out of 10, I will give this film... Uh, it's weird, because there was a point of this film I was like, oh, God, this could be like a an 8 out of 10, this film, really. It's pretty good. And then it, there's something happens in it when, like I've said, it's very predictable. You know where it's going to go with it, and you're like, hmm... That's a shame, you know what I mean? So I think because of that and because of the level of predictability in this film, as much as I love the action sequences in this, it did drop it down a whole, like, I'd probably say, yeah, to a seven. Um, I think it's I think it's decent, though. I think it's better than probably more. I think, like I say, it does the job, you know what I mean? It ticks those boxes. It's really good. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a fabulous actor. I absolutely loved her in 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think that's one of my favourite films I've seen her in. Of course, Birds of Prey as well. I've mentioned that numerous times of how good and how much I enjoyed that film, but she's fabulous in that as well. I think she's a very, very excellent actress, and this film really is, you know, she, she's believable. You know, this person who's been poisoned, she's only got 24 hours to live, so her body's shutting down, and she play, she portrays that really well. Like, she plays the part fantastically. I have no issues with the performance whatsoever. Like I say, it's mainly my issues come with the story. Just a few points when I think, mm, if you'd have done a little bit different there or something extra here, it could have been, uh, yeah, not, not oh so familiar. But Mary Elizabeth Winsett is, is wonderful in this, as to Miku, Patricia Martino, and Woody Harrelson, he's just there, you know what I mean? Yes, very good film, check it out, and uh, let me know your thoughts if you do have a have a watch of it. Um, I'm going to be on the podcast again in the next few days, talking about another film that's coming out, and of course, I've already mentioned, I'm going to be checking out James Wan's new film uh, next week, Malignant, so very excited for that. Well, this has been episode 22, thank you again for listening to this episode on the uh, Joe Blogs About Film podcast. I'll be back before you know it. <laughs>